Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Swisspreneur. In the last episode you got to know Herbert Pai and his personal story. In today's episode we're going to talk about how to build a great product and what you can do to build a product customers really care about. Herbert will also talk about how you can align your sales and product team the right way. Let's have a chat with Herbert. Before we get started with the episode, I would like to introduce you to SBB Startup. If you think that your company is a good fit for the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them or learn more about their startup programs at sbbstartup.com. Herbert, welcome back to the second episode of Swisspreneur. It's a pleasure to have you again. And I would like to start with the first question right away. What mistakes do you see Swiss startups making repeatedly when it comes to building a great product? So building a great product, I, 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 maybe the first mistake I see repeatedly and uh, which I also did was scaling too early. Uh, this is also in the product development process. So first uh, fill the holes of your bathtub before you start filling it up with water. So otherwise you, you acquire customers and they just go away. And Why do they go away? Because there's... Because the retention rate is not high enough. So first look at fix the retention and mm -hmm. then start growing the business. And uh, that that's probably the biggest biggest mistake I see. Mm -hmm. Then also another mistake I see, and which I also did myself, is <laughs> <laughs> try to do too many things, try to solve too many problems. Mm -hmm. Actually, when as a startup with with very limited resources, try to solve one problem, but really really good. No. And as soon as you start adding additional problems to it, then uh, it gets really confusing for the customer. It gets a lot of work. It's not just double work, it's four times the work. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, one other mistake, which I also did myself, <laughs> is don't start with like multi-language support and uh, like multi-platform support before you're really, 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 really sure that the product is gonna is reached product market fit. Mm -hmm. So don't scale before product market fit. Don't don't add additional platforms before product market fit. I think you touched a lot of very important topics. Um, I would like to, to start with the product market fit. Um, how do you actually you know, test your assumptions and build a product to then test your assumptions and to, to get to a product market fit afterwards? Where do you start when you have an idea, when you have you know, your first assumptions about how people might use a product? Where do you start to, to start validating them? Best is to go to the customers, uh, who identify who is the customer, who would buy that product, and then go to them physically. Not just call or make a web survey. You have to talk with the customers one-to-one, uh, -one. get their impressions, and, and, and ask the right questions. That's, that's probably most important. And then I can imagine that you get a lot of input or also a lot of requests, what they would like to, to implement into the, the product. 
how to deal with that and, and prioritize it. I'm not sure if you if you get the, the answers for, for features or something. Okay. Uh, people often don't know what they want. And there was there was just a, an example of, of one conversation I had with a user uh, from Shortcuts. Then she, she asked, uh, well, I'm using it for recipes and it's really great for recipes, but I actually would like to use it for, for us for tri travels uh, or trips or anything else, you know, and can't you just build a second app? So that was the solution of the, of the user. But um, building a second app is like the thing of the focus. <laughs> then have you not double work, but uh, uh, four times the work. Mm -hmm. so, so one of the solutions could be just add like categories or something or folders, additional folders where you can, one folder is recipe and then you have subfolders, for example, the other folder can be travel and you have subfolders. So the solution that the user comes up with is not, or sh most of the time is not the real solution. So go to the core of the problem mm -hmm. and find, come up with the solution and test it, test it. Absolutely. Is that your job or is that also, you know, to, to go down to the root of the problem or is that also the job of the customer? No, no, that's your job. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have to do it yourself. Don't outsource it. Don't give it to your employees. Do it yourself. Because uh, your employees, then they have their OKRs and they want to <laughs> reach their OKRs and uh, they say, oh, it's all good. Perfect. We, we solved the problem. <laughs> but actually, it's not at the root of the, of it's the problem. Not, they, they, it's, it's not the problem solved. It's their OKRs maybe reached. <laughs> so, but, uh, so you have to do it yourself as a founder. Mm -hmm. do, do you have an example how you then actually you know, got to the root of the problem? Uh, there, there, there are multiple uh, approaches to go to the root of the problem. It's, it's asking a lot of questions, open questions, and try not to influence to, to a certain direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, for example, would you use our product to do whatever, you know, sure. <laughs> just understand the problem first. So the one good um, uh, technique is to ask the five times why. Mm -hmm. So why is that? Why is that? But still, I mean, it's, there's also some, some critical comments about this five, five why procedure. But try to find out the problem and maybe understand the day of your customer. Mm -hmm pain they experience. And then once you, you know, adapt and, and further develop the product, uh, at a certain time, ideally, uh, you reach a product market fit. How do you realize that you are getting there? What are some good indicators that you are actually with your product in a, in a good spot to have a good fit for the market? I, I think you just feel it when usage skyrockets and, and uh, the product is is taking off but first before you get there you don't know so so look at activation and retention mm -hmm. and then then organic growth and so on but, okay. uh, but i'm talking about digital products i don't know about physical yeah. products Absolutely. probably similar <laughs> <laughs> most likely uh, are there any other kpis or metrics uh, besides the ones that you just mentioned that you should uh, track from from day one from from the beginning yeah, there's obviously a lot of metrics you can track. Uh, I would metrics not to track is number of downloads or number of visitors. 
uh, that that's not a metric to track. So it's always has to be in relation to something. Also, retention has to be really well defined. So do you measure retention of activated users? Do you measure retention of users that just come and 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 then go again? Or do you measure retention of users that actually do something? Mm -hmm. uh, so so this is this is probably core. But how how did you make that decision about where to focus and what metrics you don't focus at all? At Coaba, for example. First is an idea, then you have to validate it. Then then uh, you, you you have to track those numbers when you start with an MVP. But uh, before, try to, to validate before you start coding everything. Yeah, that makes so sense. at Coaba also, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, <laughs> scaling too early, all, all, all the things. There was no lean startup book, nothing. There was no, <laughs> no startup manual. There's no nothing about this. If there was, um, it would have been much easier, probably. Mm -hmm. And how long does it actually take you to build a great product? I know this heavily depends on, on your business model and the product that you're actually mm -hmm. building. But I also have the feeling that a lot of, especially first-time entrepreneurs, heavily underestimate the work that they have to put in to build a really great product. What is your take on that? How long does it take to, to build a great tech product? Uh, probably it takes longer than you think. Most likely, <laughs> and uh, so 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 you really need to be patient and don't spend all your money in the first in the first year. Mm -hmm. It takes really a long time. It can be faster, but I think the learnings they they have to be there. You have to learn some some things about the products. Maybe you you hit the checkpot. It's possible, but I unlikely. Know. Yeah, very unlikely. Very unlikely. How, how long did it take you at Coaba to go, you know, from the first day when you started writing code to the moment when you actually thought, okay, now we probably are very close to product market fit or we actually have product market fit? Probably six years. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was also a different scenario because the, when we started, there was no iPhone. There was no smartphone penetration. There were the, the, when, when you used the mobile internet, it cost a fortune. Yeah. So it was, not, it was a different time. Absolutely. So everything had to get in place. Yeah. And then you also mentioned that you tried to scale too early. When would be the right timing to scale from your perspective? How do you notice that when it's time to scale a product? Yeah. when when. When you're not losing more customers than you acquire, mm -hmm. uh, basically. So when the retention is fixed and there's, you have some holes in the, in the bathtub, I always see less, like a bathtub uh, where the, <laughs> where it's uh, the, the, what do you say, the, the stöpsel <laughs> is open, <laughs> an open bathtub. So you need to, 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 to fill the hole with something. And you have to pour some water in, but not too much. You don't test with full steam because that costs too much of, of water, right? right? You use too much water for that. Just use a bit of water <laughs> and test if it's, if it's sealed or not. And unless it's not sealed, don't put too much water in it. Mm -hmm. you, you're going to lose everything. So, yeah, probably that's, that's the moment when you have a good retention, a long-term retention. It's not, it's not just, uh, uh, okay, we, we fixed it. We have one week retention of 20%. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> After one month, they have zero. <laughs> like the retention curve goes down. Uh, a good retention curve goes like this, and then it, it, it stays at, at the level below, <laughs> higher uh, than zero. Yeah. 
makes so sense. around 30, depending on what, what you're developing. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, then you can start thinking of, of going into organic growth, meaning that not paid growth, but organic. Because if you, if you acquire a customer and this customer produces two other customers, then you buy three customers with, sure. for the price of one which makes the customer acquisition costs much less. This is also sort of a viral loop that you can build in the product, right? To If you have one customer who then acquires additional customers, mm -hmm. did you do that in a certain way? Because I think nowadays you would probably call that growth hacking or any other, yeah. you know, well-sounding uh, name. Yeah. Was there anything that you did in, in that regard to really, you know, focus on customers that you acquired that these customers acquire more customers on their own? Yes, uh, at Shortcut we did uh, something similar, like sharing feature and so on. So you share something with somebody and, uh, and, and you have some kind of way for the ones you share it to, to come back to, to, to the platform. So this helps acquiring customers. Cool. Now you realize that there's the right timing for scaling up your product. What's next? How do you actually scale up a product? <laughs> Full scalability. I, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's. I haven't been into into such B two C mode where we had to scale, but I would just pour everything in there that I can to to grow in one market at the time. Again, yeah. strong focus. Yeah, strong focus. And I would like also to talk a bit about the team behind uh, building a great product. You know, there are different roles and also different skills that you need at these different phases where you currently are with your startup. So in the product market fit or in the phase to get to product market fit, there are probably different roles and different skills that you need than when you are trying to scale the whole thing. What do you see the different roles and skills required for these different phases? Mm -hmm. So so in the first phase, the first phase needs to be lean and, and, and very, very agile. So you have to be able to move from one direction to the other. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I see for a digital product, uh, best would be, uh, the best composition would be probably developers, founder, who is also a developer, mm -hmm. and maybe a designer, if you have money enough. Otherwise, I mean, uh, Greg's list is, had like zero design and it took off. So you don't really need a designer, but it's good to have a designer if you have the money for that. So, sure. so I would do that. And, uh, but the most important is developers and, and the founders actually to go out on the street, go to Starbucks, pay, pay people a coffee, ask them questions about your product, go on the streets. Yeah. Don't be shy. That's, that's the work to do in the beginning mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. Then, learn, go back, fix. And then it's not, that's the very, very early stage. Then at some point you get some numbers like the retention, activation, and so on. It's to see people come in from somewhere. You don't know really where. So find out where <laughs> they come from, why they come, uh, especially the ones that stay. Try to understand uh, what's, what's, what's the user behavior within your app or, or, or product. What are they doing? What's, what's like... Do they sign up and then and then use it, or do they first use it and then sign up, or what's what's the most likely customer journey in the product? Then focus on one number at a time. 
That would already be for the for entering the scaling mode or before scaling. That's before scaling. Okay. Yeah, so. after scaling probably it's going to be the same. You also focus on one number unless you're really a big corporation and sure. profitable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's difficult to focus on two things at simultaneously. Um, A/B testing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I try to summarize that correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong. But at the beginning, you have a rather small team that needs to be very flexible and agile to, to really, you know, change the direction, what is needed based on the feedback that they get from potential clients or users. Then the, the further you grow and the further you go more towards scaling, you have a more specialized team where people take responsibility for a, a smaller part, but go much, much deeper into that specific part with A-B testing and with looking at the specific numbers for that part to optimize it because you figured out what's working along the way. Yeah, so maybe the second part, the growth part, I didn't uh, really go into it. The, the A-B testing is already in the beginning and so on. But then the growth part, the, the big growth part, and there's different sorts of teams. So uh, a growth team, for example, mm -hmm. uh, just focusing on growth and marketing, then depending on B2C or B2B, you want to have some, some um, like, like a blogger, content writer, and uh, biz dev guy or partnership guy, key account manager, salespeople, salesforce, mm. all these kind of uh, roles. But in the, in the early stage, uh, you know, we keep it minimum because mm -hmm. it can last a long time. Sure. You need a certain runway to be able to find the right product. Because uh, otherwise, you don't survive the six years to product market fit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Was there also, you know, the fact that you developed your your uh, your company and your product in Switzerland, the, the the high quality brand of Switzerland, did that help you in any way, or do you think that this could have also have been done in many other places over the world? So some things were easier in Switzerland, some things were more difficult in Switzerland. I remember when I had to explain uh, to an investor that actually you can take pictures with your mobile phone and you can go online <laughs> and uh, and in future order things. And I, oh, I never do that, so you cannot do that. <laughs> sure. And then in contrast, I went to the US and uh, just say, all right, we do image recognition. Ah, oh, image recognition, the next big thing, cool. All right, <laughs> they, they they got it already. So that was more difficult in Switzerland to to get these new technologies to 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 understand. Basically, mm -hmm. they don't, they didn't understand this. Do you think that this is still the case today? No, definitely not. Okay, no, I think it's 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 good today. Well, that the advantage of Switzerland is. I mean, we, we thought also about, okay, let's go to the US and so, but uh, the grass is always greener right. <laughs> and the other garden, right? So I don't think it would have been a good idea. I think I would really do it in Switzerland also next time. Yeah. Cool. But just because I know the, the local market. Of course. I mean, that's a huge advantage and you have your connections here, um, which is a huge additional workload if you go somewhere else, probably. Then there's always an investor told me, yeah, when, when you're looking abroad, why, I mean, if you, if you can't find money in your country, right. <laughs> <laughs> why should we invest then? <laughs> so, yeah. And one thing that we also, uh, you know, sort of tackle every now and then uh, between our own product team and our sales team that we had at, at our company is how intimate should the product team and the sales team or the marketing team 
work together because the sales team is usually close to the to the customer and they get a lot of feedback mm. but from their perspective everything is just easily implementable and everything is just important mm. and sometimes they also sell something that has not even been developed mm. so from your experience what is a good working relationship between the sales team and the product team and how closely should these two teams work together product team you said but i i see actually developers so there's the there's the technical software teams there's the sale teams and in between there's the product team so the product team should be the filter to the developers or the the tech team and uh, and like the interface between the sales feedback and often which often come back just uh, it's it's too expensive when they cannot sell <laughs> when they're not cool good sales <laughs> people they just blame on something else and uh, <laughs> if, if they can't sell um yeah it would it'd be like a filter between those two so mm -hmm. i would put put it a, a sales team product team and uh the real tech team and what would be the the, the ideal background of a person working in a product team to really, you know, sort of be a good negotiator Probably between these two sides. Probably entrepreneurial background. <laughs> <laughs> Should this something be that the, that the founders take care of? Yeah, they can if they're good product guys. But if there's some founders that are too on the tech, too much on the tech side, and and there's founders too much on the on the on the sales side. So uh, I think it should be a product person. Uh, to filter out what's really needed and going to, to the to the core of the problem of the customers before going to the to the tech team and say hey look we need this and this and that feature exactly so and then the tech team should go back to the to the product guy and say look it's not possible we cannot do that yeah. so it's it's, uh, it's a game that is played in in between sort of yeah. where the the product team has a very important role yeah. in that regard how does you know what would the skill sets uh, of a product person look like. What what should they be able to do, basically? It's it's like a like an entrepreneur, a bit everything, right? So understanding customers and understanding technology as well, but not into detail. But but especially ask the right questions, probably. Should they be able to code themselves? No, not really. I don't think so. But being able to make a translation between the sales world, for example, and yeah. rephrase it with the right questions. Maybe it's good having a technical background to understanding the uh, how it works, what's required for this mm -hmm. and that. But it's not. I, I don't th see it as as a as a prerequisite. But it's okay. good to have a technical background yeah. as a product guy. Then also, there's also design, UX, and everything that comes sure. everything on a, on a, on a product person and also some strategy like for example how you go into a new market how 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 must the product look like if you tackle a new market or a new segment uh, what are the core features they're using right. and so you can adapt the product for probably a new market absolutely i would also like to to focus a bit on the tech team on on the other side uh, the, dark side. <laughs> the dark side yes what skills or what roles should you look for there um, at the at the early stage, well, early stage, mm, ah, that's difficult. That's a very difficult question. On on the tech side in the early stage, probably I would go for senior be, senior people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably I'll go for senior people with a lot of experience. Okay, and then the more you move towards 
product market fit and scaling. Yeah. Does that change in any way? How should a tech team look for scaling? Yeah, then you go with processes and everything. So it's, when it's getting bigger, obviously there will be more feature requests and probably need to have some 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 responsibilities. You're responsible for this features, you for that features yeah. and that features or functionalities and so on. So mm -hmm. yeah, I also think that there should be this kind of growth team that 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 is also on the product side to to implement, for example, like like. Um, like communicate, like push notifications, for example, yeah. something like this. And there it's very Alerts. important that they can code on, on their own, right? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so. How did you split these roles? Your founder, your co-founder, uh, Till and you, both of a technical background. How did you still stay involved, you know, after the product market phase, uh, product market fit phase? How strongly were you still involved in the, in the product or in, in also in daily coding activities, for example? No, I was not involved in coding anymore. Unfortunately, that's also a mistake. Maybe I, I, I would. I would <laughs> Why would you call stay. that a mistake? I don't know. It's really important to code. I think it's very important to stay close to the product. At least uh, I, I, th I think really long time, mm -hmm. staying as close to the product as possible. And I was then hooked up in meetings and, and sure. business development, sales stuff and so on, much more than, than of course, Till, who, who stayed with the product much more. So maybe ask it a bit differently. What would the ideal role of founders or co-founders look like um, after you, you hit the product market fit? Poof, that's a difficult question. I don't know. It depends on on the situation and uh, the skill set of the co-founders. I think I, it's, it's really difficult to just answer like this. I think it's case by case. Okay. You basically split it up with Till still being very much involved in the in the development mm -hmm. of the product, and you took more care of business development, sales. Yeah. yeah. Who did the fundraising of you? Both of you? Or? Yeah, both of us, okay. but mainly me. And then, uh, but but actually, we did both of us. We 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 shared a lot of things. But at the end, we have to split responsibilities, right? Sure. We cannot be both responsible for everything, so that's not possible. So Till took uh, the technical side. I took like the more the the business side. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, but I still I think as a as a founder, you should stay with one foot in the product. Yeah. <laughs> To sum that up a bit, uh, from your perspective, what makes a great product? Okay, I tried. I tried to to answer with a couple of sentences. So, a great product solves the right problem for the right customers, probably. <laughs> and um, a great product would create harm when you remove it. So people will sort of be screaming and shouting on the streets, yeah. ideally, if you took the product away from them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, it's always a good question to ask myself, like, is uh, that, that's also to assess probably product market fit. What happens if from today to tomorrow, your product would be away, just no more existent. And then if, if there's maybe 100 emails and that's it then yeah. that's not product market fit or 5000 as you mentioned in the last <laughs> episode <laughs> with a small buck <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> i was like uh, 
I was two days <laughs> nonstop writing emails. <laughs> but I think that this is a very refreshing take that I uh, didn't, uh, haven't thought of really. So that's a really cool takeaway. Something I also know um, developers are very keen on talking about are productivity hacks. And okay. in, a, in a presentation that you gave uh, probably a couple months or years ago, um, you mentioned that you want to maximize your workday, mm -hmm. your work time, basically. What are some hacks of you doing that? What do you pay attention to? Yeah, there was a different time somehow. Uh, so, so there was the start of the, like this morning rituals and so on you mentioned before. Um, then then it, it, it became hype or something. I saw that. <laughs> but I, I would say now focus, 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 mm -hmm. focus. Yeah. And remove distractions. The more distractions there are, the more you get distracted and and the less you can focus and it influences your brain mm -hmm. so you're seeking then the distraction when you get always distracted right. if there's no distraction you're seeking it so that that's that's a really vicious circle so best is like go somewhere where there's no internet no distractions first and for example on the boat based. yeah on the <laughs> boat yeah so distractions are poisonous meetings are poisonous yeah avoid those things <laughs> uh, or is, is uh, does that make sense I, I think so um, maybe you can also give us an example I know this is highly indiv individual for you know and ev every person it's a bit different mm -hmm. but when you want to really focus and go into deep work mode and get stuff done how does your ideal environment look like to to be as productive as possible um, just a simple desk somewhere doesn't matter where mm -hmm. and just no distractions that means i often just put my my noise cancelling mm -hmm. headphones on with uh, music or without music no without okay <laughs> people think i'm listening to music <laughs> at some point i was also using this uh, like uh, meditation music that also mm -hmm. helps okay. staying focused it's like a meditation and every work is sure it's like meditation you're focused and focused what do you do regarding your cell phone? Is it in flight mode or you don't have it with you at all? Well, on the boat was not a problem. <laughs> sure. Entering. Yeah, I, I don't know today. Now, now currently, my, my day is more of meetings and interruptions, but I'm hoping I'm going to come back to the, to the interruption-less mode. But yeah, I, I, I put on airplane mode quite often. And now you have your headphones on, your phone is in flight mode. Do you have internet connection with your with your computer, yes or no? Uh, that's basically something I found out recently again, is working on paper. Oh. So this is this yeah. is really something to focus and get your ideas clear. Yeah. Uh, actually much better than in the, the computer. Do you do on paper? Because I, I, I can imagine there's not everything that you can do on paper, like coding is probably not that easy on paper. No, but uh, often it's about this, so, some some certain questions. What feature next? Or, or uh, um, I don't know. For a presentation, you have to to gather your thoughts or a strategy or whatever you're developing. Then then you first go on paper again, yeah. and then and that's also a trap. Don't look up every question on the internet. Try first to think about it yourself 
uh, that that needs a lot of discipline for me at least. <laughs> I always tend to, oh, let's Google it. And how did they do it? But that influences you in a negative way. Then first of all, you get distracted again because, ah, this is awesome. Oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't see that. Oh, sure. Let's see on Facebook. Oh, wow. And then you're off. Yeah, two uh, hours so, spent. <laughs> exactly. Two hours spent <laughs> with nonsense. Yeah. So uh, instead, focus on, on, on that question in, in, um, at hand mm-hmm. for a certain time yourself without internet. Just gather your ideas. And often you come to, 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 a cool, to, to some cool ideas. And then you can still validate them on the internet and see if, if anybody has done that before or, or if there's some, some, some things like that on the internet. Absolutely. And that also also sounds like sort of a conditioning for thinking on your own before just yeah. looking things up. Yeah, exactly. I think Copying. that's exactly. <laughs> you can you don't copy too much. Also, yeah. maybe just find a yeah, yeah. That's maybe also something. By the way, often you think if you have a product and there's another product in the market which is similar or does a similar job, mm-hmm. you look ah, oh, what's the competition doing? Right. Don't, don't really just try to solve the problem on your own mm-hmm. and uh, don't even look afterwards what they're doing. Just see what the customer is thinking about, check it with the customer. That's much more, it's much more also rewarding than looking on the neighbor's garden. Absolutely. And then if you just copy, there is no differentiation. Yeah, exactly. You want to live an extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinary life, don't do what ordinary people do, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, an important part of you know being productive and and being you know like getting as much much stuff done as you can is also relaxing at the right time. Mm-hmm. Are there any recommendations from you on on that regard in order how to relax in order to increase productivity overall? So it's it's really easy to get caught up by the day and in things and between meetings and between tasks. So so often then you forget to 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 just sit for a moment and do nothing and uh, this is really important i would i would advise everybody to do that once once in a while (laughs) or do it as kind of a routine every morning or whatever to just sit and think um while sailing i had a cool a cool morning routine i just stayed in first of all when before i went to bed i asked the problems to be solved in my mind just like close your eyes and think, okay, I have this and this question. Then just empty the mind, go to sleep. Next day, spend the first maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes thinking about those problems again. Mm -hmm. And there will be answers. Not to all of them, but some of them. That's interesting. (laughs) And then uh, don't switch on the mobile phone first thing. Uh, that's that's really cool actually it works uh, so don't don't check emails don't check uh, hangouts or skype or whatever i just don't or slack uh, start working on those problems and then after a while after maybe two three hours you can switch on the phone I think this is also a very good takeaway to sort of end this episode. Thank you so much again, Herbert, for taking the time to to chat with us today and for the great insights you've provided us. Again, best of luck with all your future projects. And I'm sure that we will hear, see and read from you and Magic Leap in the future. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Swisspreneur. If you have any feedback or points we can improve, please let us know and send us an email to info at swisspreneur.com.
If you liked what you just heard, please make sure to follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter at swisspreneur.org. See you next time. Thank you.